Welcome to Eat Blog Talk, where food bloggers come to get their fill of the latest tips, tricks, and insight into the world of food blogging. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll provide you with the tools you need to add value to your blog, and we'll also ensure you're taking care of yourself because food blogging is a demanding job. Now, please welcome your host, Megan Porta. Hey there, Eat Blog Talkers. It is just us today, no guests, just like last time. And I'm going to do a bit of a follow-up to my last episode. And we're just going to chat about what to focus on during this very uncertain time. Before we get into that, though, I want to mention the service provider and resource guide for food bloggers that my amazing team and I created this week. We thought this would be a really good thing to put out into the world during this time when priorities are being shuffled around, jobs are being lost, and things are just overall uncertain. If you provide a service, so if you're a virtual assistant, you do coaching, graphic design, social media management, photography, or anything else that supports food bloggers in any way, or if you have a resource, so courses, ebooks, freebies, things like that, You can fill out a simple form, and I will link to this form in the show notes, uh, and you can enter your information there. You can find the show notes for this episode at eatblogtalk.com forward slash where to focus. We will compile the list of services and put a guide in one easy place within the Eat Blog Connect forum. And once we have that together, we will put that at forum.eatblogtalk.com. This is free for you to be listed, and it's also free to access the list. This means that food bloggers needing help right now will be able to find great service providers and resources listed in one convenient place. No more searching through groups and messages, trying to find out who or what you're looking for. And it also means that those who work in the food blogging community will have a place to list themselves to and make connections with others. So please spread the word about this so we can get this up and going quickly. All right, guys, this past week was long. Am I right? My emotions have been all over the place as I've been sorting through changes and worries and logistics and everything else that's going on. And I know that you've probably been in the same place and dealing with these same things as well. The path we're just starting out on and the uncertain times that lie before us, it's all going to be tough at times. It, It already is, but I foresee it continuing to be tough as we move forward. And I've put a lot of thought into how we will all be doing when this is said and done. I think it's safe to say that most of us have a few main worries currently. Number one, concerns for our safety. So whether that is catching the virus or worrying about someone else catching the virus or not getting medical help when we or our families might need it for other things when the hospitals are stretched beyond their means. And number two, concerns that we won't have enough food to feed our families. And I could even add a number three here, which is concerns about jobs and finances when all of this is over. These are all heavy burdens to carry no matter where you are on the spectrum of shouldering these worries. Persistent concern over food and safety and resources can be traumatic and it is no joke. So let me just give my two cents about trauma. I am not a trauma expert by any means, but my husband and I have experienced our share of it. We have experienced things with our oldest son that 
no parent should ever have to experience. And I just want to say that thinking back, it's during the toughest times with him that I was always the strongest and most capable and able. The times that really hit me hard were the times after the trauma. I know that everybody deals with trauma differently, but I always got hit really hard after the scary stuff was done. And I here's the thing about it too, I never expected it. Even after going through it a few times, I would always be surprised when I was dealing with the aftermath. But it always came and eventually I learned that the aftermath truly was the hardest part. All of that to say today, I wanted to start this episode by stressing the importance of self-care right now. Taking really good care of yourself during this time is so important. Just remember that and you just need to be gentle with yourself. Allow yourself to breathe and relax and maybe catch up on books that you've been wanting to read for a while. Read through some of those magazines that have been sitting around or cookbooks Finish projects that have been sitting around your house unfinished for years. I know I have a few of those. Spend quality time with the people in your home. Not that you're going to have any choice. Take more baths and more walks. Do whatever makes you feel filled up. Breathe in fresh air and take the time to appreciate the world and also the people in your world. All of this is so much more important than any work that we focus on. Because if we do not stay on top of taking care of ourselves, this traumatic time is going to bite us eventually, which will inevitably cause our work to suffer. So I encourage you to be proactive today. Understand that this time can be considered a trauma for many of us and just do your best to tackle it before it comes back and tackles you. If you want ideas about how to practice self-care Listen to episode 78. It was just a handful of episodes ago. Uh, Ironically enough, I did not plan any of this. So listening through that episode should help to spark some ideas. One thing I have not had much of in the past week is motivation. I don't know about you, but I have just felt depleted and mostly completely unmotivated. I've seen other people post about this on social media as well, so I know I'm not alone. I think this might be our minds and bodies way of telling us to just chill for a bit to recalibrate, don't you think? I feel like we will know when it's time to dig back in. We will be able to feel it. And when we do get those surges of motivation, we can take advantage of them, but just be careful not to overdo it. I've started compiling work and home to-do lists separately and I knock a few things out on each list when motivation strikes. I've basically thrown my normal mode of scheduling out the window for now because I know that holding myself to those standards that I had for myself pre-pandemic will only frustrate me. So I'm having a lot of grace with myself. For the rest of this episode, I will be chatting about what work you should be doing once you feel like you are up for getting some blog and business work done and how you as food bloggers can add value during this um, unusual time. (laughs) I don't know what else to call it. I know everybody is going to approach things differently right now, but I personally believe that all non-relevant content that was previously scheduled should be pushed aside for now. 
I have at least eight recipes scheduled to be posted on my blog that would not serve my audience. If anything, I feel like it may even just frustrate them. So I'm pushing those recipes out to be published at a later date. This is a mild inconvenience, but on the flip side, I will appreciate having these recipes ready to go, ready to be published down the road when I'm potentially dealing with that emotional aftermath I was talking about earlier. All content that I'll be publishing in the coming weeks will be relevant content. So how do we know what is relevant content? And my advice about this is just ask your audience. Thankfully, we have platforms like Instagram stories and also our email subscriber lists that will help us out with this. Ask your readers what they are needing from you right now. Ask them what their specific struggles are and deliver those things to them. I received a few replies from people last week about not knowing how to flavor bland dishes. So I wrote out a post about how to add flavor to different types of recipes. I also noticed that others were unable to find yeast in grocery stores. So I began circulating my no yeast bagel recipe and also my no yeast pizza dough recipe. Another reader reached out asking how to make pasta sauce out of tomato sauce. So I'm writing up a post about that tomorrow. There are about a million different topics that can be covered and people are definitely needing this information. If you're not sure what to focus on with content, I say go back to the basics. Cover topics like how to make hard-boiled eggs or how to bake chicken breasts or how to make perfect rice. I mean, I could go on and on here. Think of those people who literally have never used their kitchens and how they must be handling all of this. People who avoid their kitchens, either out of necessity or by choice, do exist. I know that's hard for a lot of us to believe. And they need to know where to start right now. What meals can they cook in a microwave? How do they boil pasta? How do they scramble eggs? These things seem like no-brainers to us food bloggers, but there are people needing this information. Covering the most basic of the basics is a really great chance to tap into your current audience, but also new audiences too, I think. Other food-related issues I'm seeing people are having is that they're needing recipes that use pantry staples. They're also needing help figuring out how to substitute ingredients and also how to use up things like frozen veggies and pasta and things like that. So get creative with delivering solutions to your people. I think the most creative, consistently delivered content is going to skyrocket. Also, glance at your analytics. How have things been changing with how people are consuming your content? Are they looking at posts that don't usually get traction? Study what they're wanting right now from you and make more of that. Obviously, it has been hard for everyone to get the groceries they want consistently. This goes for our audiences, yes, but also for us. Food bloggers don't have secret food suppliers delivering hordes of luxurious grocery items, although I wish that were true. Instead of panicking over the lack of selection and hoarding like those people in Costco who are getting punched in the face over a few rolls of toilet paper, I say embrace the lack and put yourself where others are at. They can't find flour or yeast or bread. Well, neither can you. So dive into solving the problem together. Let this be an opportunity to show people that you are just a normal person trying to feed your family and navigate this crazy pandemic just like they are. 
Once you have a grasp on what will add value to your audience right now, there are a bunch of ways you can deliver the information to them. Blog posts and social media posts are obvious. Stories on Instagram are being devoured right now, so take advantage of that. Also consider video. Go live on Instagram or Facebook or even YouTube. Create and edit videos to embed on your blog that talk through your recipes or cover cooking tips or any kitchen how-tos. You could also create an email series covering kitchen basics or highlighting recipes from your archives that freeze really well. In addition to offering up value, also consider delivering positivity and inspiration. People are cooped up and they're bored and they are craving interaction and entertainment. Give them an opportunity to socially engage, even if it has nothing to do with food. Host giveaways, contests, or challenges. Ask people to vote on your kids' Lego creations or offer up thoughts of encouragement and hope. You could also direct your attention to kids right now. There are a lot of kids home from school and bored, so what better time to get them into the kitchen? Host a kid's baking competition with a limited number of ingredients or create videos of your own kids making easy snacks, post content that kids would be able to dive into, like making your trademark chocolate chip cookies or banana bread. If you're finding yourself without anything to do work-wise, or if you're just stuck in that sludge of feeling unmotivated, dig into those projects that have been sitting on the back burner for a while. Tweak SEO and old posts, compile a list of your content and sort through posts that can be either updated or deleted, create an email welcome series, take a course you've always been wanting to take, add nuggets of positivity to food blogging forums, Reach out to your fellow food bloggers and ask how they're doing. Add helpful categories to your sidebar or tweak your homepage. Or you could use this time to dig into one specific platform, say Instagram, and focus on growing it as much as you can for the next month. Think of it as an experiment. I've always wanted to do this. Just push everything else aside and focus on one single thing. So this might be a really good opportunity to do that. Or you could even use Google Analytics to see which content of yours people are consuming and dig into those posts and tweak SEO on them. Now be careful with this because I know the experts recommend not touching posts that land in positions one through five on page one of Google. But for that content that's on page two and further on, definitely give it a refresh, update it and make it look prettier make it more valuable, make it more relevant. You could comb through the descriptions on your site and create new pins and circulate those through Pinterest. I mean, there's a world of things that you could do that are just more of the background tasks that aren't necessarily things that you need to put a ton of thought and brain power into. I have been keeping a close eye on the experts' predictions about what is in store for advertising, RPMs, and also brand work coming up and I am not an expert in these areas so I do not feel comfortable saying too much here but it seems like for now RPMs are down and a lot of sponsored work is being put on hold as everybody waits to see how this is all going to unfold. If you are interested in hearing someone speak eloquently and confidently on this topic I can find an expert to have on the show. Let me know if this is something you'd like to hear more about. I also want to mention, be careful about the wording you use right now regarding marketing your content. 
do your best not to contribute to the fear and panic. I think everyone is feeling enough fear right now, so we don't need to add to it. I think as a general rule, what people are finding is that using the words COVID and coronavirus in your content is actually negatively impacting search rankings and also RPMs. Instead, go generic. So I think the word pandemic is even borderline, but words like quarantine and crisis, I think, are okay to use. This is a very sensitive issue, as you know, so just be respectful of people's fears and do some testing with different words to see what will work best with your own content. Another thing, don't be afraid to remind friends and family about your content. Remind them about all of the incredible recipes you have hanging out in your archives that could help them. Share roundups on Facebook, email recipes to family and friends. People will find this really helpful. I hope this episode gives you a few ideas about what to put your focus on and how to move forward into the weeks and months before us. It is going to be okay. I am 100% certain that every single one of us is going to walk away from this ordeal with new insights, new friends, new lessons learned, and more patience than ever before. This uncertainty will not last forever. And remember that we are in this together, you guys. As always, please feel free to reach out and let me know if there's something specific you would like me to cover on Eat Blog Talk. Would more pandemic episodes be helpful or would you prefer to jump back into regularly scheduled programming or maybe a mixture of the two? Okay, that's all for now. Remember to take good care of yourself this week. Your blog is not going anywhere. If you need to step away for a time in order to protect yourself, your mind, and your body, I say do it. But then come back and dive into serving your people by delivering tons of great value. You've got this. Thank you so much for listening today, food bloggers. Hang in there and I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.